This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 2147, Three Language Choices That Can Undermine Your Career with Julie Holunga. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, downloaded more than 200 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection, with your American host, Lindsay McMahon, and today's featured guest coming to you from Denver, Colorado, USA. To get real-time transcripts right on your phone and create your personalized vocabulary list, try the All Ears English app for iOS and Android. Start your seven-day free trial at allearsenglish.com forward slash app. Are you unknowingly using English words or phrases at work that are holding you back or preventing your success? Today, I interview leadership trainer Julie Holunga to get expert insight on words to avoid if you want to build a successful career. This podcast is sponsored by Indeed. As a business owner myself, I've learned that the most important key to success is having a great team, but it can be time consuming reading through tons of resumes. Need to hire a great candidate at your company? Why not eliminate the busy work? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so that you can connect with candidates faster. Just in the minute that I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. So join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash A-E-E. Just go to Indeed.com slash A-E-E right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash A-E-E. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Julie. Welcome to the show today. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. So for our listeners today, I have Julie Holunga on the show. Julie is a leadership speaker and trainer helping develop communication skills that were never taught in school. <laughs> I totally understand that. She grew up in Paris, New, New Delhi, Hong Kong, and New York City, and worked at Harvard University helping alumni advance their careers. And Julie hosted a TED Talk in November of 2020, entitled Don't Let Your Words Sabotage Your Career. Welcome again, Julie. Your TED Talk title really caught my eye. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to have that conversation. And I love talking about, about language with, with all my clients and, and yeah. people like you. Yes, I love it. And so tell me a little bit about how you got into this track in your career around communications. What kind of, was there some kind of uh, original experience you had or something that really got you into coaching on communication and, and how important it is? Yes. So I, as you said, I grew up in overseas and I mm -hmm. started elementary school in Paris. So I walked in that first day of class and of school in a uniform, um, in a very scratchy wool, gray and blue uniform and noticed that no one else was 
was wearing this uniform. So there had been some language barrier oh, that yeah. my mom and I, you know, oh, no. didn't connect with, but it was in that, that moment. And I can remember that vividly of, okay, there is this disconnect. And yeah. then figuring out being six years old, figuring out obviously upon reflection that I could communicate, right? We, we went, you know, I was, I feel very lucky that my recess in elementary school was in the shadows of the Eiffel Tower. Right? Oh, that's and amazing. That is it was amazing. amazing. And yeah. I could figure out how to communicate in that setting, right? Like whatever we were playing, the, the French version of kickball or whatever it was, I was able even without the words to communicate. And in, in fact, that's what the science has shown is why young kids are able to learn language, a, a different language so quickly, because they're not thinking about, I don't know what I'm saying, or I don't right. have the right accent. Or, so we, we're out of our heads when we're young. Yes. Compared to us as adults trying to learn the language. I love it. Right. Um, so that really, that was such a, a stamp in my life. And those seven years living abroad, consistently being the outsider, needing to communicate sometimes in ways that were different than what I was used to, learning yeah. new ways of, of new behaviors, new body language with each culture that it changed. I mean, vastly different between Paris and New Delhi and Hong Kong, three very different cultures and ways of communicating. And, and I had to learn that. And it wasn't, obviously it was not a conscious thing that I was right. doing, but it was something. But I do remember a lot of conversations with different people at school or in our community mm -hmm. about communications. And I remember vividly, vividly. So I was in seventh grade, leaving Hong Kong to move back to New York. And yeah. all of the international, everyone was international. We were at an international school. Okay. Um, everyone who was moving back to their home environment was brought into a counselor. And right. we would have weekly sessions to help us reintegrate and prepare for moving back. Okay. And I remember this really young, what I remember being a very young, skinny guy telling yeah. us, when you move back, no one cares that you have just had this unbelievable experience. Right. And no one will understand what it was like to be at school where kids were coming in and out every six months. Right. And that you lived in this unbelievable place. And they will think that you don't know how to speak English. Even <sighs> though you're American, and you were born there, and you may have even known these same people. Hmm. And that has stuck with me to this day that don't talk about that experience. And it takes a lot hmm. to get it out of me. And I've yeah. been coached to talk about it more often. <laughs> um, but even like the, the day after we were, my husband and I were married, mm -hmm. we had been together for six years at that point. We went to hang out with his family and something came up about me growing up overseas. Right. And my sister-in-law said, how have I never heard about this? Interesting. Years. But that was so ingrained in me. Right. Don't talk about it. Don't talk it's, about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I would say that's obviously bad advice. Right, <laughs> right, right. For sure. But for this, sure. Right. The communication that we, it's how we interact. It's how we build trust with people. And when I then went into the workforce and was working at, at Harvard University and, you know, felt very 
like I have no experience. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I worked with some amazing people that first job right out of school who didn't care that I didn't have experience. And they wanted me to take a seat at the table, like proverbial and real table. Yeah. And they would talk to me and say, don't tell people you don't know what you're talking about. Don't tell people you've never done this before. Okay. They're amazing, amazing people. I'm still in touch with some of them, which, you know, is, is great decades later. Uh, But really had that impact on me, like pay attention Mm -hmm. to the words that you're using, pay attention to your body language. Okay. So those two experience really honed in on. Yes. I love it. That was, you know, not so good. And then really great to help me professionally. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I like the combination of the two, right? So you've lived all over the world as a very young child, very kind of impressionable age. Yes. But you were able, it sounds like you were able to thrive. You were able to make it work. And partially because kids don't have that filter, that self-consciousness, totally. right? So you right. built those connections. On this show, we talk a lot about connection and we say connection, not perfection. That's our trademark. Yeah. It's our slogan. Yes. Uh, it sounds like you did that successfully. Yeah. And then you came home and maybe there was some self-consciousness brought on. Don't talk about what, where you right. are. You'll be considered different. Right. And then someone reminded you, hey, don't say, I don't know what I'm doing. Just take your right. seat and you know, give what you have to give and don't let your words undermine you. Exactly. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. And so that's where we're going to go today for our audience, for our listeners Again, the title of your TED Talk was Don't Let Your Words Sabotage Your Career. And I liked your opening example of what, specifically what women tend to say when they are accepted, when they are offered a job or a promotion, they question that, right? But I was thinking today, Julie, you could show us three language choices that all of our listeners might want to avoid, ways of framing things that we tend to do that we should stop doing because it is hurting our career if we're working in English. Does that sound like a good plan? Yes, that's great. And I have have so many, but I'll narrow it down for you. (laughs) Okay, let's start with number one. one. I'm excited. Let's jump in. The first one, and this can be culturally different. Yes. So, so. Of course, all of this advice is pay attention to your environment. Of course. And who you're working with. But the first one I I always talk about is not apologizing when you don't need to own a mistake or something not happening. Okay. Give us an example of what you mean by owning a mistake. Yeah. So let me, I'll give you an example of a a client of mine who was responsible for for pulling together materials for a board meeting. And Mm there, the CFO, quarter after quarter did not send her the materials on time. So she would be scrambling or they wouldn't get into the, the binder, you know, or the materials. Right. Um, He would look bad. She would look bad. There was all kinds of things not working. Mm -hmm. And she tried everything. She worked with his assistant. She gave him a false early deadline. She went to his office. She called him. I mean, she really was trying everything to Mm -hmm. help him look good. Right. And sure. He came to her one day 
fuming, like, how did you not include my stuff? And now I look bad to the board. And, and she then said, well, I'm sorry, but you didn't get things to me on time. Right. Yes. And she, yeah. And she, this was not her fault. This so was she's not apologizing for something. Was he aware that he was late delivering the materials? Oh, or yes. Yes. And by the way, he wasn't late by like an hour. It was like three days. You know, okay. it was due on that example. It was due on a Tuesday. He got it to her Friday afternoon. No. Like the materials had gone out. The meeting was on Monday. Like, no. It, it, yeah. You know, and so was he aware? I hope so, Lindsay. But, you know, I don't, I don't know for sure. But what she told me was that after she apologized for it, she had this sense that there was, there was a shift. And she had the sense that she had made a mistake and she didn't mm. know exactly what it was. And, she, you know, and, and then we, you know, in, in lots of conversations, we figured out like she owned his mistake. Mm -hmm. So then mm -hmm. she started owning more of his mistakes. Oh, wow. So that was kind of a right? gateway to saying yes. sorry more often then? Yes. Interesting. And then taking the blame. Okay. Okay. So then he started publicly blaming her. Oh no. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. This is becoming because she owned yeah. it. He took responsibility. Uh, not good. So yeah. He shifted it. And I said to her, why were you apologizing? What was going on? She said, I felt for him. He looked bad. He was frustrated. Mm -hmm, well, of course, mm -hmm, of course, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you can change the language. And so what she said, instead of saying, I'm sorry, was she said, I hear your frustration. Okay. What can okay. we do to help you? And she said it was unbelievable the shift that happened because she saw him visibly relax. His shoulders went down. And then what eventually happened is he apologized and he owned up that it was his fault. But when she was apologizing to him, he wasn't taking responsibility. It wasn't changing his behavior. Ooh. So really paying attention to what you're apologizing for. Right. If you're late, if you miss a deadline, apologize of course if it's your mistake right? if it's your mistake but but just be conscious of that right don't apologize for other people's mistakes right? exactly don't okay. own it when it's not yours to own that is really good that's such a great example of maybe she wasn't very conscious initially that no. she was doing that but then it exactly. became really clear and slid into a bigger problem and as soon as she flipped yeah. that it's it's all about those words they matter so much they set the right. tone for the interaction and the power relationship right exactly. between her and her boss i love that right. Right. so is there a second thing that we might want yeah. to avoid then julie i'm going to yeah. keep us moving through but i love yeah. that first example what would be yeah. the second one that we should avoid so doing the second one is Paying attention to when you're using conditional language, like tell us more. I think this is a good idea. I believe we should take this course of action. It's conditional. You're planting subconsciously, maybe, but you're planting a seed of doubt in your audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sure. if you're, right, if you're in a position of influence, or you're trying to influence, or you're trying to make a sale, or you're trying to get more budget. You want your audience to feel your confidence. So use, instead of using that conditional language, use declarative. So I suggest, I recommend from my experience. Hmm. I get a lot of pushback from people on this. Telling really? Me if, if I, if I use that language, I'm going to get, it's going to come back to bite me. 
it's gonna and that's come- because do they feel like they're putting too much of themselves too much of an endorsement on it when they say i suggest i recommend exactly okay exactly hmm. and what i say to them is look if you're in a brainstorming session then yeah you can use i think i believe sure but that's if a different you concept. are influencing a client if you are trying to influence a colleague like i said trying to get budget you by by standing in a strong position of conviction yes and using declarative language if you're going to get pushback better to get pushback from that standpoint than from a, a weak standpoint of well maybe this would be a good idea i'm not really sure right right you want to get right. pushback on the actual substance of the ideas not the way you're right. framing the ideas exactly you and then to taint. yeah 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 and then the focus is on the idea or the recommendation yes. as opposed to on you as mm, a leader mm. so i love that so just make sure our listeners got that use declarative language i suggest we do this i recommend we do that instead of conditional i think i believe these feel a little weaker and i think for our listeners an added layer of challenge that we want to focus on is when we translate directly from our native language there may be certain native languages that are in pushing us more in the direction of the conditionals, I think, right. I believe. So that is something I want our listeners to think about, guys, as you are taking today's advice, think about what are the what are the direct translations and are you translating directly and how could we reframe that into exactly. more declarative language? That is really interesting. I that That is a new one that I haven't thought about, but it makes total sense. Suggest right. and recommend also feel more professional. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Lindsay, you, you just, did it perfectly because your tone was very neutral. Mm -hmm. So if yeah. people can pay attention to their tone where it's not overly aggressive, like we have to do this. Right, right. That, That's people are like, whoa, 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 right? <laughs> but if you find this neutral, I recommend we do this. Yeah. And then to follow it with a question, how does that sit with you? What do you think? What pushback hmm. could we get? That tends to start the conversation but again, you're in this really strong position of engaging, building yeah. trust. Right. So it's not that you're not looking for feedback or not open to feedback. It's just that you're framing the feedback as a question after you've made your recommendation. Right? Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. All right, Julie, right. let's move on to your third tip. What would so be the, the third, third tip? Yeah. Is to not undermine yourself. Don't tell people what you're not. Like what the example I gave to you, mm -hmm. you know, starting out my career, I don't know anything. I didn't know anything. But I don't <laughs> right. No one knows anything that. when they start their career. <laughs> right. The expectation wasn't that I knew everything. But don't tell people. And it blows me away, Lindsay. Like I hear best-selling authors. I hear tenured professors, experts in their field, sitting, you know, on panels or on guests on podcasts saying, well, you know, I'm just a professor in this. I haven't Ooh. written a book. Or I'm just an author, but I'm, you know, everyone else here on the panel is professors. Hmm. Or literally saying, I'm not an expert in this. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be the expert, but you probably are the expert in the room. Right, you're on the panel for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just is a dangerous word, isn't it? We've done a couple of episodes talking about how just can really undermine. Absolutely. And we see women especially using just a lot, but just in general, being really careful and listening to yourself when you do use just, especially when you're talking about your own career portfolio or your skills. 
right, Julie? Exactly. Exactly. And I, what I always tell people is you may use just when it's in reference to time. This just happened, right? <laughs> but you can't say, I just wrote a, a book. Or someone, one of my colleagues from the TED Talk, the cohort, said, well, I, I've just done a TED Talk. No, no, no. Like, no, no, no. no. You, mean, you mean yesterday you did a TED Talk? Is that what you <laughs> right, mean? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love yeah. this. This is so I wish we could talk longer. Julie, we're running out of time here today, but this has been fantastic. You know, you've given us a chance to really reflect on some subtle things that may slip into our language. We might not be aware of how that's setting a tone in terms of a relationship, a path a relationship goes down, or yeah. how people look at our own expertise. It's up to us to show, you know, how qualified we are. Right. That's right. That is Absolutely. so good. Thank you so much for being on the show. Julie, where can our listeners find out more about you? Do you have a podcast or a book you could let us know about? Or should we go to your TED Talk? Where should we learn more? Yeah, so you can go to my website, juliehalanga.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, on LinkedIn, I, would, I love connecting with people and hearing, oh, I've eliminated this word and I've added this word. Um, and yeah. yes, my TED Talk is, can be found on YouTube, on TED.com. Don't let your words sabotage your career. Excellent. And, and I really encourage our listeners to, as you said, to slow down and think about communicating clearly and directly so that they are able to influence those around them. So good. And could you spell your URL, your website, to spell sure. your name for us? Mm -hmm. Sure. It's www.julie, J-U-L-I-E-H-O-L-U-N-G-A.com. All right. Excellent. So I want to encourage our listeners, guys, go over there, check out the other things that Julie has going on. Definitely check out the TED Talk. Super powerful topic and very important. Julie, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great chatting with you today. Thank you, Lindsay. All right. You have a good day. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. Would you like to know your English level? Take our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash fluency score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.